Please be advised that on Thursday, June 25th, 2020 at 4 p.m., there will be a special school committee meeting held through remote participation pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, chapter 30, section 18, and the governor's March 15th order imposing strict limitations on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting of the Medford School Committee will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information, the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and our parties with a right and a requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of the members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording, transcript, or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. The meeting can be viewed through Medford Community Media on Comcast Channel 22 and Verizon Channel 43 at 4 p.m. Since the meeting will be held remotely, participants can log on or call in by using the following link or call-in number. 1-929-205-6099. Enter this meeting ID when prompted, 930-2005-2651. Additionally, questions or comments can be submitted during the meeting by emailing medfordsc at medford.k12.ma.us. Those submitting must include the following information, your first and last name, your Medford Street address, your question or comment. While it is possible to submit questions via the Zoom software, we are strongly recommending that you use the email above while we gain familiarity with hosting our meetings online. The agenda will be as follows. Um, notification of facilities, rentals, and approval of increased fees, notification of summer fund status, finances, and budget for Medford Public Schools fiscal year 20 and fiscal year 21, and also a resolution and negotiation legal matters and executive session signed by Dr. Maurice Edward Vincent, Superintendent of Schools. Member Van Der if you could call the roll. After you unmute yourself. Okay. Uh, Member Jenny Graham. Present. Kathy Kretz. Here. Melanie McLaughlin. Present. Mia Massone. Present. Uh, Paul Rousseau. Present. Paulette Vanderkloot. Present. Mayor Luongo um, Kern. Present. Seven present. Zero absent. Uh, if we all may rise to salute the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic, Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty, and justice for all. First up, we have notifications, notification of facility rentals and approval of increased fees. Uh, good afternoon. Um, so the facilities department and um, um, Director Maloney um, came together and was looking at the costs um, for cleaning the facility and making sure it's sanitized through the COVID closure. 
Um, the rental agreement is there as well. We're planning also on, um, sorry, I'm admitting people as well while I'm doing this. Um, we're also um, going to be looking to add a uh, liability waiver. We're currently working on that. It's not 100% good to go yet, but that will be added to this. We have started meeting with our renters to hopefully get them back in um, on or about July 6th, um, pending approval um, of the increased fees. It's $100 for the auditorium. Um, gymnasiums, cafeterias, other spaces like that, and $75 for uh, classrooms. So um, that's the fee there. Obviously, with multiple classrooms, um, we're going to have conversations with our renters um, so that it's not exorbitant, um, but we want to make sure that we are um, we're able to restock um, the product that we're using that is intended to keep our staff and students safe. Um, so that's where these fees are um, through this COVID closure and as we reopen. Thank you, Dr. Cushing. Motion for approval. Oh, Member Vandekloot? Um, just unmute yourself, Member Vandekloot. Yeah, I don't... Um Perhaps it came late in the day today, but I don't have these written down and I don't have a comparison. Um, so when you say it's now $100, what was it? Um, so previously there was no uh, specific fee um, for, for okay. this. This is for the sanitization um, using the Genion um, and other, um, you know, having hand sanitizer available, um, having gloves for our custodians to be able to use. Um, all those various things that's really rolled up into these charges um, that we need to unfortunately share with our renters. So, so this is an added charge on top of what uh, we're currently. And Peter, could I just ask you to repeat the the charges again? It was it's one hundred dollars for large spaces such as the uh, foyer, the um, gym. I'm sorry, it is one hundred dollars for the gymnasiums, the theaters, and the cafeterias. And then $75 for classrooms. Um, so classrooms and foyers. <clears throat> is that enough? Um, so we believe it is. Um, obviously, we've never done this before. Um, but I had an extensive conversation with John McLaughlin. Uh, we've got a lot of people on the call, so I'm not sure if he's here right now. But I had an extensive conversation with him this morning where he does believe that is um, adequate and appropriate to make sure that we are replenishing the supplies that we have. Okay, thank you. Member Graham? Are there people looking to be in our space starting on July 6th? Um, so we're looking for the pool, um, I believe to be open. I think Rachel Perry's on the call, but uh, looking, there are people definitely looking for the pool we have started to have preliminary conversations with renters, uh, churches, and others uh, to give them the heads up that we are going to be looking. We're creating checklists for cleaning, checklists for our groups coming in. Part of the part of the addendum to this will be covering uh, their need to notify us if anybody does test positive or presumptive positive or anything along those lines. We've had extensive conversations uh, with Tony Ray, who has definitely had extensive conversations with um, Marianne O'Connor, 
and um, uh, the working group it is the working group is actually contained in the second bullet item when we talk about summer fun. That same working group really discussed and went over the reopening of the facilities and what needs to be done to make sure that we're we're providing um, the appropriate protection for our staff and the cleaning of the facility. Jenny, it's Rachel Perry too. Um, I do have contact with North Shore Swim Club who is looking to come back on July 6th. I've had extensive conversations with them, with the Board of Health, with Tony Ray to make sure that we have everything in place that's needed to protect everybody. I also have um, a company, a scuba company that's gonna uh, be coming in to take a look at the space to do some rentals, to do a scuba class. And again, we'll be following all the CDC guidelines and make sure everyone is safe. Thank you. Member Vanderclute. Yep, Member Yeah. Do we have any any idea projected rentals, and um, are we expecting that the church groups would come back at this time? So uh, the church groups have reached out, and they are looking to start following the governor's guidelines for their capacity requirements. Um, I think it's forty percent right now, um, but I could be off on that. But they are looking to follow the governor's timelines and those to be able to start reusing the facilities. And I would defer to uh, Christine Patterson for projections um, on that. So, so that document will be part of the budget binder that we review on Monday as we, we do for the public hearing. Okay, thank you. Is, is there a motion on the floor? Does anybody have any questions, Member Russo? Thank you. Um, what is the um, fee we're going to charge the um, Japanese language school? Um, so that is that is one area that where they rent so many so many classrooms. Um, we want to be able to sit down with them and have a conversation. Um, the the seventy five dollars for classrooms was left for multiple. It was left plural on purpose um, so that it can cover multiple classrooms. But um, where their usage is a large portion of the facility, um, we will have to have an individual conversation. Okay. I mean, I just, you know, given the, the space that they use and the rent that they pay, I think that makes a lot of sense. I just would make like to make sure that there's a, there's a floor that we're not losing money. Um, so if that floor is too high for them, then I think we should have a conversation about the relationship even. Um, I mean, I would like to keep the relationship, but, um, but that floor of losing money can't can't be surpassed. So, thank you. Thank you, Member Rousseau. Is there a motion for approval? Adriana? Motion for approval by Member Vandeklude, seconded by Member Kratz. Roll call. Member Graham? No. Kratz? Yes. McLaughlin? Yes. <laughs> Mia? Yes. Paul? Yes. Vanderclute? Yes. Mayor Lungo Kern? Yes. Six in the affirmative, one in the negative. The paper passes.
Mayor. Yes, Member Graham. I'd like to make a motion that a full rate card be developed and delivered to this committee by the next meeting so that we understand our rental structure in general. I mean, this is one of those fairly opaque um, revolving accounts that we've never dove into in detail. And I feel like we're being asked to do something very incremental here and um, without a documented plan signed off by Marianne O'Connor and an understanding of um, the larger conversation around rental rates, I that is why I voted no. So I'd like to make a motion that a full rate card and a report and a sign off um, be delivered to us at the next meeting. Can I have a point of information? Um, Marianne O'Connor from the Board of Health, um, any rental that's going to go forward, they have to submit a formal proposal to the Board of Health before it can go forward. And um, so in order for the churches or any of the um, other entities to use any of our facilities, it has to go through the Board of Health first. So there is uh, a separate checklist and separate requirements that they are required to produce um, before they're even allowed to um, use the facilities. So everything that we're doing, um, we've met um, for several weeks now, um, trying to see how safe the buildings could potentially be. Um, and in order for any group to come in, they have to submit that proposal first to the Board of Health. So I just want to say that that, that important threshold, that important step is not being overlooked. If they don't pass, um, if they don't meet the standard with the Board of Health, then they are not going to be able to come into um, any of the facilities. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I just want to see all of that documented in writing um, and maintained within the school department. Mayor? Okay, member Vandekloot and Member McLaughlin. Then yes. Member so in fairly recently, I thought it was um, just prior in the two years prior, but it may have been at the end of the one prior to that. We did look at all of those rentals and we did go through when we established a, um, the rates for each. So it already exists. Um, so we can just, it obviously needs to get to all the new members. Yes. Sounds Maybe good. it needs to go on the website as well because it's not there either. Okay, we can add that as an amendment to be to your motion, Member Graham, to go on the website. Member McLaughlin? Uh, yes, I was going to make a recommendation for a friendly amend amendment um, through the chair. Member Graham, if Member Graham would consider um, the rate card for the July meeting. Um, so not for the next meeting, but for the July meeting. Just because we have to really focus, obviously, for Monday and giving you know folks more between now and then. Um, I think it'd be helpful if we can wait till July. How do you feel about or? Absolutely. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Okay. Member Russo. Thank you. I appreciate this. Um, I would, are we allowed to make another amendment for it? You may. Um, I would just, I would just ask that um, any legacy um, rates that are offered to anyone, um, obviously that doesn't have to end up on the rate card, but I think we need a report of, I, I see in here some, quote unquote grandfathering, which we should do away with that term, by the way, um, and switch to legacy. And, um, but I, 
I've always wondered, like, so does everybody actually pay those rates or is virtually everybody just paying the legacy rates? And there's no point talking about our real rates because everybody in Medford's been, I mean, all these clubs have been in Medford for a long time. Um, Soccer is not new. I'm just making, picking one out of the blue. Um, so what's the point of a card if nobody actually has to pay it? Um, so, and, and I think we also need to perhaps, not now because there's enough to do, but we need to consider that at some point the legacies um, need to start paying what everybody else is paying. Just because you've been around longer does not mean you should pay less than somebody who's just started a new club. Ms. Patterson? Yeah, so I just wanted to um, identify, I can share the link. The, the document is on the website. It is the facilities rental and it has the full scope of all of the um, revisited rates as um, member Van de Kloot, uh, identified. And the uh, historical rates have been renegotiated. So it, the regular facility rental is tiered based on whether they are a nonprofit, whether they are affiliated with the schools, um, so on and so forth. So that work has already been done and is posted and available. So the subsequent piece would be the um, Department of Health's um, sign off. Thank you. Thank you. Member Rousseau? Uh, yes, I would just ask then that the. Um, that the reports strike out everything about grandfathering in anybody. Okay. Um, so member Graham, if you don't mind also sending your motion by um, email to Ms. Evangelista, but motion is to get the full rate card developed, delivered report and sign off amended that for amended that it also be posted to the website and further amended that we get this for the July meeting motion for approval by okay. Graham, seconded by Member McLaughlin, roll call. So can I just make sure, because I didn't, I just made this up on the fly because I didn't, I, if you guys are all looking at something, I don't know what you're looking at because I don't have anything. So um, it's really hard to understand what a contract looks like without a contract. So we're saying, so the, the amendments are a full rate card for the July meeting. And what was the other one? Uh, that was the, um, <laughs> sorry, I feel like we talked ourselves out of the other one, that there is nobody getting legacy rates. So I don't think we need the other one. Uh, okay. So I would like, then I'm amending my own motion, um, a report of um, renters for the last year um, that includes the time, the rental time and their rates. Second that. Okay, so full rate card, July meeting, um, a report of all renters for the past school year with the time rental and their rates. Point of information. I'm member Van de Kloot. Yes, I'm just given um, that Kirstine is leaving us effective next week um, and we don't have a replacement yet, I'm um, not quite sure um, who we're sending this to besides the superintendent and um, so, um, and we know how much she's got on her desk right now. Um, so I'm not saying it's not, not important. Um, I'm just saying who's going to gather that data. Dr. Edward Vincent, is this something July or do you need more time? Well, the original motion, I, I could have, um, 
accomplish the original motion to um, get the rental cards and that information available, but um, to go back and get all the other data. And right now we, we are really, you know, working a thousand miles an hour on all things related to the budget and, and um, you know, that I think to be able to have that by the next meeting would just, it would just, it would take time. I, I, I can get the original motion. The second piece, we're definitely going to need time to track down all of that data. Member Graham, Member Vanderclute, the Member Rousseau. Yeah, and I just um. So again, I think that reviewing um who's been in in the last year makes a whole lot of sense. I just wanted to mention again that when we redid the rates, which we did thoroughly and carefully, um, and we we did look at all of the renters and we had very in depth discussions. I would suggest if you were willing. Um, member Graham, could we ask that the second piece of the motion be put off to a, a date later in the fall um, as um, uh, just uh, because of the time constraints? Um, yeah, I'm willing to wait until September 1st, but we're in a budget crisis and we're talking about rates and revenue coming into the school department. I mean, it, we didn't have a budget crisis. Well, we did have a budget crisis two years ago, but we have a real, real budget crisis now, and we're not looking at all of our revenue sources, and we need to be. Right. So I'm willing to wait till September 1st, but we can we can sever it, and we can vote on September 1st, yes or no, if you want. Okay. Okay. So, th so that's a motion to sever um, on the date portion. Is that correct, Member Graham? Sure. Okay, so why don't we vote on that first? So a motion to receive a full rate card of our rental fees and um, and rental fee schedule in time for the July meeting is the first motion. On that motion? Uh, uh, no, no you were, but it was a motion to sever the date we would receive that. So I think it we have to take a motion on the full rate card developed and delivered um, report and sign off and that it be on the website first. So if we could have a motion for approval on that. Sure. Who's the second on that? Second. Uh, McLaughlin, Melanie? McLaughlin was the okay. second on that. Roll call. Uh, Graham? Yes. Kretz? Kathy? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I was trying to get to the unmute. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, Melanie? Yes. Mia? Yes. Paul? Yes. Paulette? Yes. Mayor? Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. That motion passes. Now the timeline motion by member Van de Kloot that this be given to us by September 1st. Sure, I thought it was still the motion. Jenny's motion and I'd second it. That's fine. So the superintendent will provide a full report of renters for the past school year, which includes time duration of rental and rate paid by September 1st. Motion for approval. On that motion, uh, Jenny Graham? Yes. 
Kathy Crabb? Kathy? Yes. yes. Uh, Melanie? Yes. Did we have a second on that one? Yeah, I seconded it. Oh, sorry. Um, Mia? Yes. Uh, Paul? Yes. Paulette? Yes. Mayor? Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The paper passes. Um, I, I just went and checked. September 1st is the first day of school, which is a Tuesday. So our following school committee meeting would be, I think, the next Monday after that. But September 1st falls on a Tuesday. So I just, I mean, I can get it to you by that date, but I know you're voting and I just went to cross-reference. So we don't have a, a, so I would have it for you the first meeting after September 1st, which would be the following Monday. That's yeah. acceptable to me. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just write it as of that date. Okay. Thank you. And next up, we have notification of summer fund program status. Dr. Edwards, who's presenting on this? Uh, Dr. Cushing was going to present um, the summer fund status, but um, just give me a moment to pull it up. So, as a result of um, as a result of the global pandemic. The summer fund program will not operate this year. This difficult decision was made following several meetings of a working group established to examine the feasibility of summer fund during this global pandemic. The working group included myself, Assistant Superintendent, Dr. Peter Cushing, Director of Health Services, Tony Ray, in consultation with Marianne O'Connor from our Board of Health, Director of Facilities and Grounds, Mr. John McLaughlin, Director of Special Education and Pupil Services, Joan Bowen, Director of Community Schools and Athletics, Mr. Bobby Maloney, Assistant Director of Athletics, Ms. Rachel Perry, and our Director of Summer Fun Academy, Mr. Anthony Petrellis. This decision was unanimous following careful consideration of multiple factors. These factors included, but are not um, but are not limited to the ongoing global pandemic, protective equipment requirements, limited group size, and other critical considerations concerning space. We arrived at the conclusion that a safe environment could not be guaranteed. As always, the safety and health of all of our children and adult stakeholders involved is the most important and critical factor. We do look forward to continuing the success of the Summer Fund program next summer for 2021 and celebrating its 15th year anniversary. So um, we wanna just say thank you and for everyone to continue to please stay safe. And this is respectfully submitted on behalf of the entire working group team. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Edward Vincent. Member McLaughlin? Thank you. Um, I just wanted to echo uh, the superintendent's sentiment um, to thanking the Summer Fund team. This has been an invaluable resource for us in the community, especially having a daughter with a disability who has been going to the camp. Anthony Petrellis's commitment to the camp and to uh, all children's attendance at the camp to integration of children from all socioeconomic backgrounds, um, color, ability, um, he's just been a huge uh, stalwart in this camp and um, 
I want to make sure that we're celebrating it next year. And I'm really sad that it's not happening this year. And I think, you know, especially for all the students that have been attending in their community, but also the counselors who are typically um, Medford High students or Medford High graduates um, who will not have that job this summer. And most importantly, the sense of community that all of us felt from the summer fun camp. So I just want to thank them, thank um, Rachel and Bobby and everyone else. Um, we love the summer fun camp and um, we're sad that it's not happening this year. Thank you all for your efforts. Thank you. Do we need a motion? Um, there's no motion on the floor. I think that was just a notification. Okay. Um, finances bud and budget for Medford Public Schools, fiscal year 20 and fiscal year 21. I'm going to share uh, the screen. I apologize. I am uh, moving too quickly. So I'm going to present to you this evening um, a budget update for our current uh, financial situation. The economic turmoil that was caused by the 2020 global pandemic has, in fact, been unprecedented and entirely unforeseen. This situation has thrust difficult decisions upon our school district that we would not typically make. The economic impact to the city of Medford requires a level funded budget for the Medford Public Schools, which equals 3.5 million in cuts to our current levels of service and staffing. So there were three guiding principles that we used in order to um, present the budget that's going to be presented to you this evening. Our first guiding principle was to prioritize the classroom experience for students. So we would eliminate positions that were furthest away from classrooms as much as possible. Our second guiding principle was to identify redundancies in the administrative organizational structures that exist currently in Medford Public Schools and think creatively about how to shift those responsibilities. Thirdly, we wanted to invest where possible in critical areas for the district, in particular, technology and instructional areas. The budget process that we used. It began at the beginning of this school year in earnest. Principals and directors met with the assistant superintendent of finance, the superintendent, myself, and assistant superintendents for the respective levels. Budgets were compiled with the goal of providing the students of Medford with the best possible education. 
Principals and directors then presented their budgets to the Medford School Committee at numerous Committee of the Whole meetings this year. Meetings were eventually moved to become virtual meetings using Zoom, again, due to the constraints of um, this global pandemic. State and local projections for fiscal year 21 were of course um, dramatically impacted and they still remain uncertain as a result of the COVID-19 virus. And we know that as a result of the virus and the pandemic, it has caused a tax revenue loss to the city and also to the state of Massachusetts globally, to the nation. So with this lost revenue, the Medford Public Schools had to cut $3.5 million in order to prepare and present a level funded budget. Potential reductions were identified through virtual meetings with principals and directors. Guiding principle one, prioritizing classroom experiences for students, eliminating positions that were furthest away from the classrooms as much as possible. Guiding principle number two, identifying redundancies in the administrative organizational structures and thinking creatively outside of the box about how to shift responsibilities. So the four categories that were most impacted for position reductions, we had 1.4, uh, 1.420 million. Leadership positions that were restructured, close to 1,950,000. Retirements with replacements, projected replacements, an estimated 330,000. And non-personnel items, which included supplies, and contracted services that totaled approximately 800,000. So the estimated total with all of the subtractions that took place in those areas was $3.5 million. We have some additions which reflect guiding principle number three, to invest where possible in critical areas for the district, such as technology and instructional areas. We did hire one additional EL teacher at the secondary level to support EL instruction and to ensure that we were in compliance with the state. Additionally, we have made significant investments in technology uh, for the Chromebooks, uh, the CARES Act money and subscriptions to support um, technology that um, we know we will need to use. Excuse me, I went backwards by mistake. Additional potential investments in uh, our critical areas, which is guiding principle number three, investing where, po where possible. We would like to invest in um, additional technology, personnel and infrastructure, staff professional development in terms of being able to navigate online uh, platforms and address 
many other areas that have come up, especially in the most um, recent weeks, uh, staff professional development in the areas of anti-racism and bias work and um, being culturally responsive. We are also prioritizing online literacy development, diagnostics and instruction, and social emotional supports. For we know that this COVID closure, this um, the new normal that everyone has come to uh, expect for the time being, um, we are fully aware that we will continue to um, need to provide social emotional supports for our students and for the adults. So with that, I would like to thank, thank you to everyone, to all of our faculty, our staff, our families, our caregivers, students, community members, for your support and understanding through this unprecedented economic crisis. I'd like to thank you. And Ms. P Patterson is going to follow with, um, you know, an additional presentation on um, what the actual numbers, an overview of what the actual numbers look like. Um, thank you, Superintendent. I'm going to share the overview document. And I will echo the uh, concern of this pandemic and financial crisis that these are unprecedented times, even uh, more significant than the crash of 2008. And so really trying to dig deep and minimize the impact, uh, we, we have been working uh, nonstop to, to do that. Um, so as I hope you can see the overview screen. Uh, we have each of the program categories, and these include all of the, um, the goals and the criteria that the superintendent described, where we were trying to um, identify savings to get to the minimum appropriation level. So I won't say that it's, it's a level funded or level service budget. This is the charge that we have to get in order to present our budget to city council. Um, we have in our school committee superintendent category, a total of 494,000. In the finance technology category, we have a million ninety-two nine hundred eleven. The undistributed category, that includes areas that are um, district-wide items that are reoccurring that we have to account for, such as teacher lane changes during the course of the year, the sick bank and other um, retirement um, capacities that are required to be paid out. So this, this was identified and whittled down to the extent that we possibly could um, with a total of 740,000. District-wide, this includes all of the district-wide uh, administration. And again, the um, consolidations and savings have been included in these each of these categories. And that uh, brings us to a total of 
6,073,624. The Medford High School is just the categories that are for the high school. The teaching components are within each program area that we get to further down. So the high school and middle schools just include the essential staffing that is outside of the teaching ranks. So we've got the principals, the assistant principals, the building subs that are uh, full-time capacity and the like, and additional supplies. So the high school would include graduation supplies and expenses. That total was 894,227. The middle schools, total 742,348. The elementary schools, this includes all of the um, identified areas of second tier teaching components that were um, reprioritized uh, going back to the full teaching ranks and included all of those um, categories is a total of 9,345,514. The English language learners, again, this included the addition of a position at the high school based on um, mandated uh, counts that we had to provide an additional teacher. And that amount was 2,534,636. Our special education category is another compliant um, category that is um, really structured based on the needs of students and the counts identified that we are knowing at this point um, there could be additional um, student placements, things of that nature. We have tried to accommodate that and be prepared uh, as best we can by prepaying some of the out-of-district tuitions in the current fiscal 20 to offset this area to be able to utilize the state reimbursement through circuit breaker and identify a reduction in our current uh, fiscal year 21 ask, um, bringing us to $15,577,221 for the special education category. The vocational education program, we also had some significant uh, reductions based on the known factors for out-of-district students that would be going to um, vocational programs outside of Medford, and that number has um, decreased tremendously. So we are very fortunate in that, and we're able to provide some reductions there. The total is $2,704,106 for vocational programs. The guidance area, had some reorganization and uh, the total for that program area is 898,760. The English language arts program, there were some identified um, areas that were restructuring and reduction in some of the supplies, uh, bringing that total to 2,422,551. The social studies department was $2,239,774. The math area, we did include uh, some of the 
structured programming that had already been implemented in the prior year, maintaining that, but doing some um, identified restructuring in, in how the staffing is identified for that program. So we are at the 2,387,617. The science program, again, we are supporting the, the FOSS program implementation. So we're in year two of three, and that has been provided within this budget. And that gets us to 2,337,953. Our world language department did see a reduction um, with the loss of CASET funding. Uh, there's not the ability to maintain the elementary programs that were previously in place. So that total is $1,254,185. The fine arts program, we were able to have some supply savings from fiscal year 20, items that were not utilized and be able to um, divvy those out going forward into fiscal 21. So that area is $1,923,544. The physical education and health program, we uh, had a restructuring of the staffing. Uh, we tried to maintain as much of the supplies that are needed to keep um, the major programming going and that total is 1,436,837. Our media uh, had some staffing changes as well. We did decrease the number of, um, or the amount of additional device components within the supply area based on the infusion of the CARES Act funding the additional devices and purchases that have already been made in the current fiscal year to offset that. So there really was um, the opportunity to reduce that area based on all of the outside funding for technology and the devices. So that total is 1,308,721. The health services, which is our nurses, we really could not, um, reduce any any area here and as as we know with the um the medical crisis still still looming we had to maintain those services nursing um requirements are going to be even more stretched and so this category did not see um, any reduction the total amount is 1,237,209 our transportation costs, as we uh, went through the bid process, um, we did have a slight savings from where we had originally projected. And that with our homeless transportation brings us to 1.5, um, $18,625. The athletic department, based on the unknowns and where, where we thought we would, would land for the fall season, it was determined that the best way to approach it, given the infusion and the development of the programs at the middle schools to maintain all of the middle school programs for athletics at the freshman level, that will be consolidated um, in a competitive program 
and the uh, fall coaches will likely be um, less in, in terms of what would be provided for the fall season based on the current um, conditions. So that total was $597,031. Student activities, this is basically the stipend amount and small um, supplies for the extra additional advisory roles where they may not be as active um, at the start of the school year. They could certainly um, reinfuse that toward the end. So there really was no, no savings there. The stipends are um, based on what is uh, utilized and what is currently offered. So that amount stayed at the 79,500. The security um, category includes door monitors at each of the buildings. Those positions are still intact. We had reduced the supply and, and contract service category with items that had been purchased in fiscal year 20 and brought up to um, warranted items. So we were able to reduce in that category under contract services and bringing us to 341,645. Operations, building maintenance, custodial, carpentry, um, utilities, that's all encompassed in the final program area. We did have to reduce some of these line items within the um, supplies, contracted services. We are able to pre-purchase some of the cleaning materials and uh, PP&E items through other sources based on the COVID relief. So we were able to uh, reduce the ask in FY21 um, for the purpose of this, this budget, uh, totaling that category at 5,566,644. As you can see, we did not quite get to the target of the level funded appropriation. And we have identified that we will supplement the $99,586,000 through uh, the current uh, balances from fiscal 20. Um, again, as member Van de Kloot, um, had identified in terms of looking at the revenue for the upcoming year, it's a very conservative approach and not knowing when or how much the actual outside renters are going to be willing to participate in a limited capacity will determine what the actual uh, rental capacity could be. Um, but this was a very small amount that we decided to hang our hat on for the sake of not going any deeper and recognizing that we are not at a level service budget, but we, we don't want the district to be in a position that it simply can't operate. And so we identified that final amount to get us back to what the city has identified as their appropriation and what we have identified as our budget with all of the parameters that the superintendent had shared. Thank you, Ms. Patterson. Um, Mayor. Member Vandekloot. 
Um, Mrs. Patterson, can I just ask you to repeat what you said about the athletics line? Certainly. So as we were developing the budget and trying to identify uh, reductions in light of not knowing what the commissioner or MIAA would be allowing in terms of athletic events, sports programs, uh, we thought it would be prudent to maintain the newly developed middle school athletics to keep those up and running as we have uh, to the extent allowable under um, the constraints of the COVID requirements. And the freshman level at the high school would be commingled with the JV and varsity components and that the coaching of those um, freshmen athletics would be a savings. And there were based on the ability to, to have a travel bus, we reduced the, the busing line items within the athletics, as well as some of the refurbishment of athletic equipment. Um, again, not knowing that some of the uh, athletics would even be allowed to participate for the fall. Right. So again, it's a, a conservative approach um, to identify uh, an area of savings overall. Right. If I may follow up, um, as we look at that, because I'm wondering whether certain sports can be played um, and whether we, we might shift some money to other sports like, you know, track is probably something that can be done uh, more easily. Um, but you know, that's, um, that is an area where I think that we really need to have a little more discussion. And I realize that part of the problem is we don't have all the information yet. Thank you, Member Van de Kloot. There are any other questions from the committee? Mayor. M Member Graham. Thank you. Um, Will we receive an actual narrative and piece of paper with all of this information on it at some point in time? It, it is incredibly hard to digest a giant pile of numbers as somebody reads them to you. And I, I don't even feel like I can be equipped to answer it, to ask any questions because I didn't have a chance to even look at this ahead of time. So I know you guys are working really hard, um, but I, think there's going to be a lot more questions once we can see this stuff on paper. Um, Absolutely. So we, we've had the binder process in place. That's been our, our budget process um, each year. Mm -hmm. And that is the delineation of each program with each of the narratives, um, subsequent um, informative information, all of which we, we could not get to print as we were going through and finalizing everything as of moments before this meeting started. So um, we did everything we could to, to mitigate the, the staffing impacts. And as such, um, you know, very in-depth discussions and we just were not able to print. These are going to print tomorrow and you should have them over the weekend in order to digest them. Yeah, and um, I appreciate that. I am spe I specifically want to make sure that in what you print, 
there will be a narrative that reflects the conversation that you just went through, Miss um, Patterson. So things like we will no longer have freshman sports. Like we didn't talk about that when we talked about the athletics budget because that was not on the table. And so I want to make sure that the things that we are talking about cutting can be clearly outlined. Um, in addition to the like the budget narratives, I think we're all fine with because we sat through meetings about that. I think what I'm not fine with is the rundown of how we made this cut. And I think you guys have worked really hard to, to make a cut that frankly, you shouldn't be asked to make, but here we are. So I want to make sure that there are no surprises um, when we're asked to vote on a budget about what is in the budget and what is not in the budget. Um, and then I do have a question or just maybe a clarification in the presentation, Dr. Edward Vincent, you talked about investment and I wanna make sure that I'm clear that those investments were made possible by our CARES Act funding and that they were not made at the expense of teachers. Is that correct? Yes. That okay, is, thank you. And I thought that was the case. I just want to make sure the rest of the audience understands that that CARES Act money was um, allocated. It's a very defined set of information um, and requirements. We cannot use it to offset revenue losses. We cannot use it to pay for staff that already exist. Um, we can, however, use it for, th for things that were noted on that investment page. And, um, and we did. So I, I just want people to be clear that that investment was not coming on the backs of teachers in our district. Oh, Mayor, I have, I have one question. Member Kretz. Yes, um, I just wanted to know, so we're gonna get our bud budget book, we'll, we'll get them this weekend. And what about the union reps, will the union presidents, will they get a budget book and when will they get it? Yes. Yes, we got an email about that today. Um, oh, they're okay. going to also get a budget book before Monday evening, Dr. Edward Vincent. As the first, the budget books in the past have always gone to school committee members first. The budget books are available for all of the union presidents. So the delivery that's going to happen over the course of the weekend is going to be to school committee members. Um, come Monday, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I can definitely reach out to um, Charlene um, if she is um, available. We should be able to have a, a hard cover, a hard copy budget book for her. And other other um, union presidents do come and pick up budget books as well. But normally, um, when we would meet in the chambers, the budget books were delivered to school committee first in advance of the public meeting, and then it was made available for um, the union presidents. Thank you. Thank you. And I just had one more. Um, I just wanted to follow up on Ms. Graham's uh, statement about the narrative. Um, thank you for bringing it up, Ms. Graham. Um, so I know in the past years, we did get a narrative, just an outline, even if it was a couple of pages um, at the beginning of the budget book. And it typically identified um, highlights um, in possible increases. Now this year, I think what it might look like is it might have some highlights, but it might have the reductions. It, and I'm thinking like, is that something that that 
you are going to be working on, Ms. Patterson. Um, it's it's always been in the front of the booklet. So I'm working on the physical printing of these massive binders to get done for tomorrow. A follow-up, it, it you know, developing a subsequent um, cheat sheet, but the reality is that the 3.4 uh, million that we just identified in the slide deck is the reductions and, and the pluses and minuses. And you, you have to recognize that when we are going to be reviewing the budget in the public hearing. And as we do do this and have gone through this exercise every subsequent year, we will be comparing the fiscal 20 budget to fiscal 21 proposed budget. So where we've had to go around and backwards to get to a number that is, um, our appropriation, what we have been discussing is how we were able to reduce the original ask. So it will be a little bit different in, in context from what we have going been going over because when we do the actual budget presentation and public hearing, it's comparing the, the current or prior year to the future subsequent year that we've been working on developing. So it, it will be a little bit um, different in, in that type of a summary. Thank you, thank you. Member Vandekloot? Just unmute yourself, Member Vandekloot. Uh, Ms. Patterson, um, you said uh, in the long list at the bottom, you did have income. Uh, potentials. You said it was very, very conservative. Can I ask you again, was it 99,000 or what was the number? Yes, it was the $99,586 that we applied to this. It is very, very conservative. I mean, does that account for um, the tuitions um, that we often have at the vocational school and possibly the Curtis Tufts? So those tuitions will be repurposed within those program areas because of these cuts. Okay, so it, it only includes like income from rentals? Correct. And that's a very um, conservative unknown right now. But there will be an additional component that, that we will review in the final budget book that you will be able to see where, where we landed for that figure. Um, Leslie, um, we have an agreement with them. Uh, yes. For rental. That, that's um, included. That's included? Yes. Um, it still seems, I understand you said very, very conservative, and I think it's, it is very, very conservative. And I guess my concern is um, that we might be uh, cutting too much right now. Um, and so I'm a little worried about that. I understand where you're coming from, but I'm worried about it. And I think it's something we need to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Member Russo. Thank you. I, I appreciate how difficult it is to get all this done as everything's constantly changing. Um, um, the budget priority principles, uh, budget guiding principles, um, you know, number one, I think around keeping 
the cuts as far away from students as possible is important, or as far away from the classroom is important. I think that's an important distinction, and that is what you said. None of these cuts have no impact on students, um, so I think that's an important thing to say. Um, and the number two about the redundancies in the administration organizational structure, um, I have heard many times in my two and a half years on school committee about the narrative that the administration at Metro Public Schools is is just ridiculously large. Um, and I would recommend people take a look at other school districts when you hear that, because it is not true. Um, and you know, to put some context here, we're trying to hire a new director of finance. Um, and my understanding is when candidates come in and ask how many accountants are in my office, the answer being zero, they're all turning their backs and running away. We are not heavy in the administrative category, even though it's a fabulous story. Um, so, you know, I think about next year where we're trying to figure out how to find a nickel here or there so we don't have to do further cuts if that's what's coming. Uh, that doesn't happen with nobody to go looking for the money. Um, and, um, you know, this school committee in the last term as well, we asked for many reports that took a lot of work. Some of those reports have never come to us, not because there aren't there isn't an interest in getting them to us because it takes people's time and there aren't people. So I, I just, I can't not bring this up, um, especially as I listen to conversations around how hard it is to find a new director of finance, a mandatory by law position. It's six days and by law, we must have this person. Um, so, you know, if we don't find that person and we have to start paying a consulting firm, to do that job, it's going to be more expensive by a long shot, and that person is not going to do all the other work that Ms. Patterson does. And we're not just—we're not going to just pay for that. We're going to also have to pay somebody to do a bunch of other work. So, um, I'm just bringing this up because this narrative that we're so top-heavy um, drives me crazy when I ask for seemingly simple things. This narrative—it's going to be months to get me a report that should be able to be gotten within an hour. Um, so I'm all about becoming more efficient. It should be hard to become efficient when we can't even ask simple questions. Um, so, um, and I also just want to say like, you know, th this, this, um, this $3.5 million cut when I refuse to call it level funding. Um, I think that's a narrative that I've also uh, sort of railed against the last few years. Um, you know, every school committee, not every school committee, that's a generalization that's not helpful. Um, it is true that for many years, our budget has gone up a couple million or two and a half million and people, um, um, some, some people want to celebrate, some people want to say, look at we're funding our schools. Um, you know, last year's budget, my understanding was really about $400,000 in new money, not 2.6 million because giving our teachers a cost of living adjustment, which is not even close to the real cost of living adjustments that after you adjust for inflation and the crazy pricing of housing, I mean, our teachers are not paid enough. And I'm on the other side of the negotiating table and I'm more than happy to say that. Um, so, you know, level funding is a dramatic cut, a dramatic cut. And it doesn't even begin, even when we got our normal, good economy um, increases, 
we couldn't even begin talking about giving teachers what they should be getting paid or any of the other staff. So I, I just I just wanted to rant a little bit about that. I apologize. Thank you. Member Kretz. Yes, um, I just wanted to, um, you know, express my concerns with the budget. I mean, there are parts of it that I'm in support of and there are parts of it that, you know, I'm, you know, it's it's very difficult um, to, you know, to work with the budget in a pandemic in this dire situation. Since I've been on the school committee, it's never happened. Um, and I attended the, the Teachers Association rally last night with my colleague, Ms. McLaughlin. We went to show our support for the teachers and students. Um, you know, we feel very badly about all these cuts and, um, you know, due to the pandemic, the rally was held by the teachers association, parents, students, and teachers. They had a great show of support. Some former students who graduated were there. They spoke, some city councilors spoke. And what we heard um, was, you know, from a lot of the speakers was they talked about, there's just not enough money in the budget to serve the needs of the students and the teachers. At the rally, some of the city council indicated they would support free cash to accommodate the needs of the Medford Public Schools. Um, I hope that this materializes when the city council passes the budget. If we should need it, I welcome any additional funding that can be provided. Um, I'm just concerned about the long-term financial stability of our city um, in achieving and maintaining the long-term gain for the school district. Um, you know, we're, it's a very dire situation. It's it's very difficult. It's it's you know it's upsetting, and you know I'm heartbroken and. I, you know, I, I've tried to get back to as many emails as possible from community members, you know, they've reached out emailing and, um, you know, to show their support for additional funding. And it's just so difficult to write back that, you know, we just don't have the funding yet because we're waiting for funding from the state in the, in the uh, federal government. And, um, you know, I, I, t I texted um, some counselors yesterday and, um, State Rep Donato, I, I called him, and unfortunately, you know, they don't have any funding yet, or they don't know when. So it's just, you know, we're just waiting, and we're just waiting and waiting to find out. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you, Member Kretz. Member McLaughlin? Yes, thank you. I just wanted to add, um, you know, that this is also a fluid situation. Um, I know that everybody's been working really hard and um, there's been lots of sleepless nights on um, all the different party from all the different parties. Um, we obviously have new guidance from Desi today and there's new um, direction from the governor around um, some funding initiatives and what that breaks down to for our district. Um, we don't know yet, but we do as believe that there is funding um, coming to some degree. But again, what that looks like, we don't know. So I think people need to know that this isn't, like the DLP, um, when people were surprised that things were fluid and changing, I want to make sure that people understand, you know, that right now things are changing um, frequently. So this is fluid. And also wanted to um, thank my colleague, member Kretz, for attending the MTA uh, rally with me yesterday. It was very uh, helpful to listen to the students and teachers and um, their position, and we have a lot of compassion for them. And we, especially having uh, been homeschooling my child um, over the past couple of months, or I wouldn't even call it homeschooling, schooling, I would call it emergency schooling, because um, I'm certainly not a teacher, but uh, the appreciation that we've all had for teachers in the past few months as parents, um, having our children home at school, I think is evident. Uh, and that was in display yesterday. 
Thank you, Member Kretz. Yes, I uh, I forgot to mention this, and I <laughs> I've been like trying to get everything ready before the meeting. So I just want to, you know, when I didn't say it, but I forgot to say it. I'm sorry, but I do have here that I just want to thank the administrative team, the superintendent, Christine Patterson, Ms. Nunley, Mr. Roselli, you know, everybody who was involved putting this budget together and the countless hours and days working seven days a week. And I mean, just the, the messages, I mean, I've been reaching out to the superintendent and she's been getting back to me, make, taking time away to just even call me and go over things because, you know, I was getting some questions. I didn't know how to answer them. And it's just been incredible how much time all of you have put into this. And I appreciate all the hard work and efforts by everybody all the hard work that you've done spending balancing the budget and just everybody i mean every teacher administrator um anybody who i left out i just want to thank you all because it it's been a really long difficult process and you've done a great job and you know we had a lot of cuts to do and you know we got it done and i just you know i hope that we're going to see some funding in the future i really hope and pray thank you all mm -hmm. Thank you, everybody. And if I have a little good news from the House side, um, I spoke to Representative Donato yesterday, and he was able to put through $450,000 for the city and school side. That will be for additional PPE and technology. Um, so it is that is good news. Although you know, obviously, we can't use it. What we're really waiting for, like Member McLaughlin said, is federal stimulus for, as well as seeing what we can do with the CARES Act so we can allocate some of that to supplement this budget, um, hopefully during the summer. It's extremely frustrating for all of us to have to wait, to have to go through this budget process, myself on the city side too, um, with the cuts that I had to make um, to see people, you know, very upset with us and knowing we are already taking 5.5 million out of free cash to balance to even get this far. Um, it's extremely frustrating, but really have to stay hopeful um, that we can um, get some help come the summer so we can reallocate more money to our schools for our children and those who work for us. Thank you. We have a resolution on the floor, be it resolved that the vision committee, which was estimated. Mayor, yeah. Yes. Excuse me. There is a mistake in the first sentence. The word should not be estimated. It should be established. I'm afraid I was the uh, victim of autocorrect. So if you could just replace that word, I'd appreciate it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> be resolved that the vision committee, which was established to consider the future of the Medford High School building be disbanded so that a new racially diverse advisory committee can be established per school committee guidelines further that this new committee will be selected by December 1st, 2020, offered by Member Vandekloot. Member Vandekloot. Uh, yes, um, as we know, um, a vision committee was uh, came out of the uh, buildings and grounds uh, subcommittee when we were talking about high schools, uh, the high school and concerns uh, about the facility. Um, it's been an ongoing discussion for a long time. And the idea was that we would uh, put together a vision committee. Um, previously, uh, it, the, that happened uh, during the prior administration. And previously, uh, when the administrations changed, uh, it was sort of put in the lap of our mayor. 
uh, without her um, really um, knowing very much about it at that point uh, and receiving applications without um, uh, information. Clearly, um, though, um, the committee needs to be more diverse. Uh, we've had many people write to us about that. We hear them. Um, I think that there was some concern about, since you didn't want um, to disappoint people already selected, but frankly, that's just not important anymore. Uh, we need to disband this committee and we need to uh, go back to square one. Um, my colleague, Mr. Russo, had put together some uh, guidelines for advisory committees, and I think it should be in the hands of the school committee to set this up. I put December 1st only because I think there's so much to do between now uh, and September 1st. I want to make sure there was some time. So I would ask someone to second my motion. Motion in favor, Member Van Kloot. Point Member of information, McLaughlin. actually. Member McLaughlin. Thank you. So um, thank you. And uh, I'd like to propose a friendly um, amendment. I would like um, to, uh, to Member Van Kloot, I would like to propose that the resolution include um, that the makeup of the committee will reflect the racial diversity that is the uh, demographic of our Medford High School. Um, and that in addition, the, um, the racial equity task force will be um, uh, invited to uh, participate in the um, forming of the committee. Sure, uh, I have no problem with that. Certainly when I said racially diverse, that is what I, I meant. Um, so if you just wanna incorporate that into the main motion rather than do an amendment, I think that that would be, um, would be better personally. Is that acceptable? Yes. Okay. Motion for approval by member Van de Kloot, seconded by member McLaughlin. Roll call. Um, Jenny Graham. Yes. Kathy Kretz. Yes. Melanie McLaughlin. Yes. Emma Stone. Yes. Paul Rousseau. Yes. Uh, Paulette Vanderkloot, yes. Brianna Lungo-Kern. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. Paper passes. Point of information, Mayor? Point of information, Member McLaughlin. Thank you. I also wanted to just uh, publicly thank you for your letter to the community um, disbanding the vision committee and understanding um, the importance of uh, what we've been hearing from the, um, the community of color and color coalition and other organizations uh, in Medford and wanted to thank you for your public statement. Thank you, member McLaughlin. I um, agree with this motion and I know this on the city side, we are our next round table, which obviously will be sometime after the 4th of July will be to bring people together to discuss how we can get more diversity in all city and school um, boards and commissions. I have a number that are up, up and almost ready to um, go, but we want to have a round table to see what the community can bring forward to help both the city and the school um, and I just also, in a, if I may, I just also like to recommend that, you know, when public communication goes out, that we, there is some vetting pro process um, with um, community of color as well, because I just learned today for myself, even um, I had um, uh, reiterated something that was uh, offensive um, and, and people shared uh, why that was offensive with me and I was able to change it and edit it. And had I not known that um, I would, 
be continuing to use um, language that was offensive and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it would be really important for um, communication that's going out specifically also um, that it be um, vetted and checked with um, uh, people who have some basis of knowledge on this. So this specific example was a uh, lens for racial equity. And somebody pointed out to me today that a lens for racial equity uh, is sort of uh, a statement of white privilege, really, where a lens gives the impression that one can take it off and on at will. Um, and I hadn't thought about that because um, because I live white privilege. So um, I appreciated the the understanding for that today. And I think that, you know, as long as we can continue to have a, a humble and uh, willingness to learn um, thought process um, and seek out proper and in appropriate information, then we can move forward in a way that is hopeful and helpful to others. Thank you. Member Rousseau? Yes, thank you. Um, Mayor, I forgot there was an email submission on the last agenda item around the budget. Um, so should I read that now? Sure. If, if, yep. yeah, I mean, it, it's since we're not going back to that agenda item, there's not really going to be a good time. So I'll just. <laughs> I'll oh, just, don't we have to go back to that agenda item to review the memo? Oh, um, yes. That's true, we do. So I'm sorry, so we can stay on the topic we're on. My apologies. Okay, um, well, next up is negotiations and legal matters, executive session to discuss collective bargaining, union contracts, non-union contracts. Is there a motion on the floor to go into executive session? The only question I have is do, do we wanna hear the, um, uh, um, yeah, what Paul just mentioned? If there's a motion on the floor to go revert back to um, finances and budget for Metro Public Schools. I make a motion to revert back to finances and budget for Metro Public Schools. Awesome. Seconded by Member Van de Kloot. Um, roll call. Member Graham? Yes. Member Kretz? Yes. Member McLaughlin? Yes. Member Mistone? Yes. Member Rousseau? Yes. Member Vanderkloot, yes. Mayor Lungo Kern. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. Thank you. I apologize for missing this earlier. Um, so this is an email we received to the Medford School Committee public account. Uh, the name is from uh, Jessica Zubart. Apologies if I said that wrong. Um, from uh, Who lives at 79 Governors Avenue. Um, I am relatively new to municipal budget review and considerations, but like many people here, have plenty of experience doing this in the private sector for my job. I've always seen budgets as an Excel representation of priorities. What are we investing in and what do we believe in? What is working? What needs help? When I look at the Metro Municipal Budget as a whole, our investment or lack thereof in our schools stands out compared to our neighbors, Malden, Arlington and Woburn all have all spend over 40% of their municipal budget uh, uh, to schools. We invest 33%. There are many investments in city budgets that tend to be controversial, but I rarely hear city cries from people who think that we should invest less money in educating our children. What you will hear is pushback to where that money should come from. With that in mind, I urge the mayor to compare how we spend our city's money compared to our neighbors. I don't believe that this is a matter of having to spend more money as a city. I believe that as a city, we can spend the money 
that we have in a better way. I realize that COVID-19 has made everything harder, but this isn't a time to be discussing cuts. It's a time to be discussing reevaluating priorities. Money that we cut or spend today doesn't have an impact for a few years. It has an impact on a generation of children. <coughs> I ask you to act accordingly. I thank the committee for its time and consideration. Thank you. Thank you. Motion to go into executive session. Seconded by. We're we're not done with this agenda item yet, though. Oh, sorry. Um, are we going to review the memo, Dr. Edwin Vincent? Yes, I'm. I'm just pulling up the memo to be able to share. One moment. So what is uh, being screen shared right now is a joint memo um, that was written uh, member Graham uh, in collaboration with members of the team um, shared this communication for us to present as a joint communication regarding our budgets. Um, and so uh, I'm willing to start and member Graham or any other members of the team please feel free to um, join in. So this memo regarding fiscal year 21 budget and outlook for our schools. In an effort to ensure transparency to your honorable body and the public, the Medford School Committee in collaboration with Superintendent Edward Vincent is providing this memo to serve as an overarching narrative on the school budget. Funding sources. The Medford School Committee primarily receives funding from the City of Medford. The Medford School Committee cannot approve a budget that is in excess of the appropriation provided by the City of Medford as directed by the Mayor and approved by the City Council. In addition to this funding, the School Committee has responsibility for a number of revolving accounts. For example, after school tuition, pool and rink fees and expenses, and school lunch revenue and those expenses. Further, the school committee receives some direct funding from state and federal grants. The Medford School Committee can and does rely on these funding sources to offset needed expenditures that are in excess of the city appropriation. For the fiscal year 20 budget, we relied on 1.8 million in revenue from various revolving accounts and state and federal grant funding to supplement the city appropriation of 61.25 million. Beginning in fiscal year 21, the Student Opportunity Act is slated to provide additional aid to cities and towns to level the playing field and close the vast achievement gap seen in education across the state. In fiscal year 21, year one of the phase in, Medford was slated to receive only $138,000 in additional aid. It is unclear whether this funding will be delayed due to the state budget issues. 
So as we proceed in this statement, we talk about the budget process, and I'm going to ask Dr. Cushing to um, continue from this po portion on budget process. So as I'll set Peter, I'll set Dr. Okay. Oh, I'm muting the one that's making the feedback. And the one you're on is not mute, is muted. Uh, as in past years, the school budget process began in February. Departments presented their budgets to the school committee. In their presentation, they highly they highlighted a summary of accomplishments of the past year and requests for the upcoming year. The budget build contains department narratives and a financial view of past years, current year expenses, and projected new expenses. In a typical year, the budget build shows an increase for the upcoming year in the neighborhood of two and a half to 5%. In addition to the information included in the budget build, this year the school committee requested the following question be answered as well. This question was unanimously passed by the school committee and was part of the budget process from the beginning. In quotations, identify three to five items, initiatives, personnel, or costs that, if prioritized during the budget process, would positively impact student achievement that are in addition to the requested budget presented. List a brief description and estimated cost for each. Think big or small, nothing is off the table in this section. If you could scroll, Dr. Edward Vincent. Despite the onset of COVID-19 pandemic, the departments worked through this process to ensure an adequate baseline of information before COVID-19 related cuts were, were introduced. The requests made by departments in answer to the question above currently tally more than $9.2 million. It is important to note that this list is surely incomplete and will likely change annually as conditions, education, and students' needs evolve. Of that amount, 4.977 million are attributed to recurring items that are needed in future budgets once funded. The full list of items identified during this year's budget process is available at the end of this report, Appendix A. The school committee offers this categorization prioritization of costs. Okay, so I will jump in. This table here shows category description and amount of what's funded, what was funded by the CARES Act, critical for fiscal year 21, what's necessary, future, medium, discretionary. So our budget process is concluded by a state mandated budget hearing scheduled for this coming Monday, June 29th, and then by a vote by the school committee. That meeting will take place at 4 p.m. So our fiscal year 21 outlook. Um, Member Graham, did you want to um, jump in? I can do that. The school committee has been directed to assume a level funded budget with an appropriation of $61,250,000 from the city of Medford. We estimate the contractual cost will increase $2.5 million from FY20 to FY21 and that we will not be able to rely on revolving accounts to the large degree we have in past years. 
We estimate that we will see a $1 million reduction in the revolving funds available. So this presents a $3.5 million gap or cut to see level service across the district. The superintendent has created a path to achieve this cut while attempting to keep impact as far away from the classroom as is possible. She has looked carefully at reductions across the administrative functions and will be asking staff to assume additional responsibilities where headcount reductions have been made. In order to close this gap, we have planned for the following. One, offered a small early retirement incentive to all unions. Not all unions elected to participate and participation was limited. Two, eliminated the following positions. 12 classroom positions due to limited enrollment. Nine tier two interventionists. Two elementary level math coaches. Three Italian teachers at the elementary school level. Partially grant funded in FY20. No grant funding is available going forward. For secretarial positions, one paraprofessional position, and elimination of the educational team leader position for early education referrals. Um, if you want to scroll down, um, number three, we restructured the following leadership positions. Elimination of the paraprofessional coordinator role, elimination of an assistant principal at Medford High School, Elimination of the fine arts director position. Uh, duties have been assumed by the director of curriculum and instruction. Combining the guidance director and supervisor of behavioral clinical into a director of counseling services. Number four, reduce non-personnel budget through reduction supplies and through reductions of supplies and contracted services. The below chart provides a summary of the cuts. The chart describes the reduction source first by identifying what portion of the operating budget the source represents. We should actually remove that because that doesn't exist um, and lays out the cost savings in dollars and finally attributes um, each source to a percentage of the $3.5 million reduction. We understand the crisis that our city budget faces. We understand that without a picture of state and federal aid, there may be additional cuts presented for the city of Medford to address. We have worked hard to keep these cuts as far away from the classroom as possible, and we have not asked our staff to forego contractually obligated increases in the coming year. But we would be remiss if we did not highlight the deep issues this current budget year creates for our, for our district. It is our shared agreement that we cannot cut deeper without further impacting students and teachers. The cuts are already too deep and impact too many teachers and students. Um, the, the last section, um, oh, it's not the last section, but our priorities for FY21. Um, we don't believe that a $3.5 million cut is in the best interest of Medford's teachers and students. Beyond the budget that we will consider on 629-2020, we are highlighting the following critical needs should grants, stimulus, or other funding avenues create additional appropriation for our schools. We humbly ask the City Council to collaborate with us if it becomes possible to reverse budget cuts that will, would allow for some of all of the, the following. The list below is preliminary and not exclusive, but serves to illustrate what the district needs next year. The superintendent will prioritize any additional monetary allocation to best serve the needs of our 4,200 students. Um, and then there is a list here that includes full model laptops for 418 teachers, 
um, investment in Lexio Core 5, Newzella, Think Central. Um, it includes adjustment counselors and nurses. It includes two accounting specialists, as was referenced earlier today, a director of communication and family engagement, cybersecurity training and professional development, tech support staff to um, help with all of the technology that we have purchased, um, diversity holdings in our library, um, additional um, WAPs for our high school building to improve um, internet access, handwriting materials, an adaptive physical education teacher, a health teacher at the middle school, a special ed teacher at the elementary school. Point of information, um, member Graham. Yes. Uh, to the, to the um, chair, excuse me. Um, point of information. Uh, yeah, um, these are all items that um, were brought to us by department heads um, as um, the with the uh, directive of the motion that you mentioned earlier, correct? Um, it, it's some of that, and it also is a reflection of some of the issues um, of the cuts that are being made sort of since then. So it, it's, a, it's, it's a whole variety of different things. Okay, I'll wait till the end to, to go into that. Thank you. Um, it includes um, a speech language pathologist, um, professional development training around Orton Gillingham, an autism specialist, um, ventilation upgrades, reading specialists, instructional leaders in literacy and math, um, a math teacher for the TLP program at the Andrews, a language-based program, uh, an additional language-based program teacher, and um, tier two interventionists. So the total of this list is $4.563 million. Um, the next section covers our fall 2020 return to school. Um, as a district, we await state guidance on the reopening of schools in the fall. We are aware that until a vaccine is available, we may see additional school closures and distance learning requirements. Experts estimate that school will cost $1 million to $1.5 million more to operate um, in the next school year due to the COVID-19 pandemic than it did in FY20. The current budget does not address this reality. Medford Public Schools have received ESSER funds from the Care Federal CARES Act in the amount of $600,639. We have submitted a grant proposal to access funds, which has been accepted for July 1. By and large, the funding will be used to infuse our district with Chromebooks and internet access devices needed to be prepared um, for additional distance learning. At present, we only have one half of the devices needed to meet a one Chromebook per student goal. This infusion of over 1,900 devices will help mitigate the device deficiency. In addition, funds have been allocated for the following. Professional development, including responsive classroom, zones of regulation, virtual teaching, trauma and mindfulness, cleaning and sanitation supplies, Lexia rapid screening tool for K-2 students, 50 internet hotspots, and subscriptions to BrainPop, TeachTown, ListenWise, and other online materials. In the event that distance learning is, need, is necessary in the upcoming year, we will plan to use our learning from these past months to determine how to improve our plans. Distance learning is a radical shift in education nationally and requires a substantially different set of tools than we currently use. We are working to provide mandatory professional development to teachers, but professional development alone cannot ensure a seamless transition out of the classroom. As a district, we contend with significant equity issues that aren't resolved by providing Chromebooks alone. 
Our most vulnerable populations will be most severely impacted throughout any school closure and for years to come. Our actions and ability to fund the district through distance learning and to mitigate the impact on our students when school returns to normal will have a defining impact on the 4,200 students currently enrolled in Medford Public Schools. This is a responsibility we take seriously and the city's budget crisis significantly limits our ability to mitigate these issues. Um, last section, strategic outlook. As we navigate out of the budget crisis created by COVID-19 in the coming budget cycles, we believe that the list referenced provides a meaningful look at the items we need to improve student outcomes for all students in Medford. As we noted, there are items we can call discretionary, but the list of necessities and medium priorities should be reviewed as needs and not wants. We know that this is the first time in recent memory that the school committee has collected information such as this and that it is not reasonable to expect this overnight, but we look forward to working with you to determine when and how we can achieve these spending increases as a continued investment in our students and schools. We stand ready to help lobby our state and federal de delegation and to educate the re residents of Medford on the constraints that our current revenue sources place on us. To be clear, we currently make do without these items, but we believe that the children of Medford deserve a school system resource to do more than make do without specific items their educators believe will positively impact their achievement. There are so many strengths across our district, our teaching staff among them. Proper resourcing of our talented administrators and teachers is needed to lift our district to where we want to be and to achieve our mission. As we look to the fall, a strong return to school is our top priority, but our team is united in goals to resume the strategic planning work begun by the superintendent and to dissolve and restart the Medford High School Vision Committee. Medford's children, whom we've had the privilege to educate for 13 years, deserve our ongoing efforts to positively impact learning. We expect this list of needs will change as those efforts get underway, and it is our hope that we will continue to drive this kind of conversation across our departments on an annual basis. The need for MPS to do more, make progress, and improve outcomes for all students is not new, and it will never be complete. It is our mission and our vision. You have our commitment that we will continue to make progress and work in partnership with your honorable body. Thank you for your past commitment to our schools and for your partnership and support of the future. We are one member. And then the, the list below is the full list that was created by the department heads, as well as the, some of the um, additions from the superintendent's office as a result of the budget cuts. <laughs> Done. <laughs> member McLaughlin. Thank you. Thank you, Member Graham, for um, putting this very detailed and thoughtful document together. Um, it clearly is a, a lot of work and um, you've done a remarkable job and I thank you. Um, going back to the first list, I, we're on the appendix now, but just sort of going back to that first list, or uh, not the first list, but it was the middle list of sort of the, the needs and wants and what I had asked if these were from specifically the department heads. And um, you had mentioned that it was a, that it was a sort of mixture of several things. Can you give me a little bit more narrative or can the superintendent give me a little bit more narrative around 
what that mixture actually is because I clearly see many of the things that were asked for by our department heads, which I'm glad to see there. And, um, but I did see other things that were not. And so I'm wondering how those or whether we can uh, distinguish those either with some, you know, asterisk or not asterisk or whatever, but I would like to know sort of what was outside of the scope of what department heads had asked and then where that came from in terms of how it was suggested or, or, you know, by whom, um, just so that we can have some basis of conversation. Thank you. So on this list, on, on this current list that you're looking at right now, um, the Lexia Core 5 is something that um, it's definitely high up on our list. It is a technology um, enhancement for our literacy and the lower grades. And um, what it, especially knowing that there's a possibility that we may uh, have some type of remote learning. And even if we don't, it's a resource that um, is a very valuable resource to support students. So that was something that, that did come up earlier um, when we presented the budget. And um, with our current situation for the, for the time being, that's something that we weren't able to invest in. Newzella is also an excellent resource. It's used in, uh, in the humanities realm as well, along with um, Things Central. These again are um, subscriptions and resources that are beneficial. Um, teachers enjoy using them, but it's also a win-win for the students. Um, in light of all of the challenges we know that we're going to be facing, um, just in light of um, adjusting to um, this COVID way of being for the time, uh, for the unforeseen future until there's a really um, a vaccine that's effective. Um, we had the request for additional adjustment counselors um, at the Roberts School um, saying that we would like to provide some targeted support for our connections programs. So there are some areas that um, it was something that we said we would really like but also in terms of being able to provide um, additional supports to some of our students with greatest needs. So it's- um, just to, I just want to, a uh, point of information, um, again, uh, Chair, just, I appreciate this, Superintendent. I don't want you to have to go through every line item. I, I think it's useful to know sort of, for me, it's useful to know sort of, you know, which were the ones that had been presented to us in budget meetings by department heads and which are those that are added. And I'm sure, I have no doubt that these are essential, especially as we're thinking about these three, you know, proposed plans for our district that, you know, Desi um, uh, put out today. So I, I understand that. I'm, I'm, I don't think that there's anything here that, we're, you know, is is you know, superfluous or anything extra. I do think, in fact, that there's probably some things that are not on here that I would have liked to have had some input on and some say on. And so, for example, I think we really do need a grant writer. Um, I think that as we're talking about all of this, we need a grant writing um, department even, and, and or someone that is at a minimum, you know, we're losing um, someone, uh, I know Diane Caldwell had done a lot of work in this front and others, you know, the administrators are doing this in addition to their own job already. Um, and so, you know, especially as we're looking at shortfalls, that would be sort of top of my list. And just also, I know that, you know, um, 
CPAC has been presenting to school committee for the past six years, every single year with the same recommendation, which is for um, an inclusion coordinator. And so as, as we're talking about a racial equity task force, you know, we're looking at um, you know, racial e equity across our district. And we should also be looking at, as we talk about diversity and inclusion, we should be looking at inclusion, which is a direct reflection of our out-of-district costs as well. Um, uh, when we're not sending children out of district, we are reducing those costs. And why are we sending children out of district? Because, you know, maybe again, for some of the reasons that we have uh, here of the needs that we have that are outstanding. So it's sort of, you know, these, these um, cost benefit analysis. So those are just two things that I can think of that have been ongoing for a long time that more than one person has said to me, and also more than one entity has presented to the school committee that those are things that are needed. So if this is a working document and something that we can um, add to, um, which is the understanding that I had for tonight's meeting, that this was a, we could wordsmith this and we could work on this, um, um, as needed, I would recommend um, a grant writer um, to to help support um, these uh, these costs uh, in the future. This has been an ongoing need, and also um, an inclusion facilitator or an inclusion coordinator at the district administration level, because we have uh, uh, far too many sub separate classrooms and far too many out of district students. Thank you. Thank you, Member Kretz. Hi. Oh, I just want to say uh, thank you to my colleague, Ms. Graham, for her time um, putting together this very comprehensive letter. I know we tried to have um, a subcommittee meeting, but there wasn't enough time for all of us to get together. And um, it's just incredible what she's put together here. And I just want to thank her very much. Thank you. Thank you. Mayor? Yes, Member Vanderkloot. Yes, um, so this is the first time that um, the members are seeing this. I want to uh, also thank the superintendent, um, assistant superintendent, the team that worked on this, as well as my colleague, uh, Jenny. Um, there, there are a couple things which I'm not, not sure because I can't, I can't scroll back to reread it. Uh, I would want to be very clear, like some of the moves that were mentioned earlier, uh, which really have just been mentioned tonight, um, in uh, our administration restructuring, um, the position of a director of fine arts is being absorbed by another um, administrator. And I think we should be very clear. I mean, that's something that we're doing as a short term, but we really want to, to keep. I'd also, since I'm mentioning this, um, since it was mentioned, I think it's only appropriate um, to... Um, congratulate um, Mr. Zigney on his retirement. He has been such an incredible asset to our community. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that's the other piece. The piece that I think Melanie mentioned was the new recommendations um, that just came out today. I'm wondering if we should take a look uh, at that and, and put a uh, piece in there about that. And last thing, and this is very, very much of a wordsmithing thing, uh, but it, at the end you said, uh, we have uh, uh, we have the honor to educate these students for 13 years. Well, some of them actually stay longer, and some of them are with us a much shorter period of time. And so, I would like to uh, uh, recraft that. Uh, I understand the sentiment, but I think it needs to be said differently. Okay, Member McLaughlin. 
Um, thank you. So just as a process, that's what I wanted to ask the, the committee members is what is the process with this document? Are we in fact, you know, uh, working on this, digging into a um, wordsmithing, adding some information before this is going to city council, um, I would assume, you know, Monday of next week. And then that's the first question. And then the second question, is there an opportunity for public participation in um, tonight's meeting, or if not tonight's meeting, in Monday's meeting um, before this goes to city council? Thank you. Dr. Edward Vincent, could the committee members and obviously any anyone else that wants to add to it send the addition somewhere for a final review yes. and vote on yes, Monday? They, yes, yes, please send them to me and um, that I'll, I'll continue to incorporate it. I'll also, to member McLaughlin's requests about um, distinguishing what was presented in previous budget committee of the whole meetings, will either make an asterisk or, or do something so that you can see what was presented over the course of the budget process and what things were the new additions. And so um, we'll definitely do that. And because uh, today's feedback, um, preliminary feedback, as we know, we're gonna continue to get additional feedback. Um, it had just come out today to try to um, process that on top of uh, sharing this piece. So um, we will continue to do that. I do want to thank um, Associate Superintendent Diane Caldwell, Assistant Superintendent Peter Cushing, Assistant Superintendent Suzanne Galusi in waiting, Assistant Superintendent Waiting Galusi, and um, my educational fellow, uh, Mr. Tom Milishuski for the team, um, and uh, Assistant Superintendent Kirstine Patterson, who um, worked diligently um, also contributing and um, trying to provide all of the uh, missing pieces of data that we were trying to gather in order to um, present a full picture of what this process looks like. So um, thank I you. And I think the point, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Superintendent. And I think just a point of information, as member Kretz was saying, you know, this was intended to be a subcommittee uh, meeting of the strategic planning subcommittee yeah. um, and communication subcommittee. And just given, you know, because of the interest of time and because we were not, we did not have enough time to uh, schedule and post the meeting for participation. Um, it did not end up being a subcommittee meeting. Um, and uh, instead was this, this process that was uh, in district with, um, you're all of that hard work. So we appreciate that. And then I think, you know, obviously next steps are for um, public participation. This clearly is a lot of work on top of all of the work that you guys have already been doing. And, you know, the, uh, the endless, endless nights. And I think, I hope and look forward to the days when we can um, look back to this time all as a, a distant memory. Thank you all for your hard work. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Yes, Member Rousseau. Thank you. Um, I, I actually don't don't agree that we can take this and do this any other time. Um, I, I believe it's an open meeting law violation for us to all go back and make oh. edit the document and reply all. And uh, unless we want to actually spend the first half of Monday's meeting doing wordsmithing, we're going to do it now because we have to vote this to be part of the document. Um, and I don't know that anybody on Monday wants to sit and spend an hour and a half whether I am, you know, figuring out which of our favorite words we want to change in that document. Um, 
So, uh, I mean, this is a letter from us and the superintendent. Um, so I'm actually uncomfortable with the superintendent going back and making some edits and then we just get it. Um, so I, I don't, we certainly cannot collaborate outside of this open session on this document. Um, so I, I'm, I'm unclear. We can't collaborate, but we can add, we can send the superintendent our individual edits and then she can put them in red and we can vote them yay or nay uh, on Monday. I suspect that'll take at least an hour because everybody's edits, I'm going to have something to say about and you're going to have something to say about mine. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's the budget meeting. I talked to member Vanderclue earlier today about what a budget hearing is like, because frankly, I forget. Um, and, you know, I didn't think we were supposed to have a bunch of other stuff on the agenda to do. So, um, I mean, I'm fine with spending the first hour of Monday's meeting doing this, um, but we have to, we have, we can't just table it if we can't agree. We cannot finish the meeting and approve a budget if we don't have this statement. Um, I think that, you know, um, so many of the rest of the members are just getting this document and digesting it and, um, you know, trying to add to and wordsmith in the uh, session right now um, could be really, really cumbersome from folks, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious. And I think that having some time uh, over the weekend to really be able to think about it and redline it could be useful. Um, I do understand that it will add to our meeting on Monday. Um, so I'm just wondering where the rest of the committee feels on this, because I feel like for so many of us, it's a lot, just as member Graham was saying earlier, you know, when, um, Ms. Patterson was presenting. Like it's a lot to have people read numbers to you out loud and to digest and to try to take all this information in. And so doing this um, in a virtual way um, together is a little tricky. I will defer obviously to the majority, um, but I'm just sort of putting that out there. Is it more helpful for us to process over the weekend or is it not? I, I, I just wanted to jump in to say that I am not um, I feel that the essence of the message um, is going to remain intact. And I trust um, the first portion of the document is approximately seven pages, but there are tables there. So we might be able to get it down to five pages. Um, so I, I can cut out the, um, you all have copies of what the text is right now. And I can take the written words and put it into a separate document and say table table so it will be a much shorter document so that if you have wordsmithing or um additions i can get that done um over the weekend so that when we meet on monday um it'll be uh it will be wordsmithed i i think um to try to do that now it it's it, it just, um, it's just going to be too cumbersome and we still have executive session to attend to. So, um, that would be my recommendation. Um, I'm willing to do, you know, I'm willing to do it and, and get it done. Once you, you know, take the weekend, I'll be looking out all weekend for, um, your feedback coming back so that we'll have something, um, come Monday, it'll just be maybe minor revisions and um, it'll be completed by then.
Yeah, I just, myself, I just got the document. I think it came in midday. I, I was reading it 3 to 3.30. And then so I would love a few days to digest it. But I know it's not ideal to do um, a lot of work on Monday before the budget hearing. Um, but that's the place we're at, I think. Mayor. Member Rousseau. Um, sorry to interrupt. I know that Member Graham had her hand up already. But um, this seven-page document is obviously important. But we don't have the budget either. Um, and we're supposed to figure out how to get that done by Monday. So I'm just, my point is, if we can't sit here and figure out how to wordsmith a seven-page document because we don't have it until now, well, Friday or Saturday, are we all really, like, taking some kind of Adderall to not sleep? Because it's a big document. And um, so I just, I'm just like, why would we add one more thing to the agenda for the, our weekends? Um, because... I, I mean, I know I will read line by line the entire budget, even though I've already done it once before, as we went through the first time. And I, I assume all members do that. Uh, so I, I, I'm fine with waiting till Monday, but I'm also not going to have any interest in moving this document along until we're really all comfortable with what it says and can vote on the exact wording. And if that means it's two or three hours later, that's what it means. Um, I'm not voting on this document until I... And I mean, I'm just reading it as well this afternoon. So I'm not saying everybody shouldn't have a chance to read the stuff they vote on. I'm just saying the fact that it's going to be June 29th isn't going to make me vote on something any more than if it was April. Um, I'm going to vote on it when I think it's right. So I, I can go either way. Um, but Mayor. Member Vandekloot. Um, I'm sorry, member, member Kretz and member Vandekloot. Hi. Uh, yes, I'm fine with waiting till Monday, and maybe we could have the revision sent in to the superintendent. Um, I think the the letter is structured. Um, it's something very different. We've never really sent a letter to the city council, um, you know, with the with the budget book. Um, I think it's very detailed. There's a lot of information in it. Um, I would have to go through my notes and see if there's anything that I want to have added, but. Um, I, I don't have any problem with sending the updates directly to the superintendent and um, without doing any deliberating with anybody else. Um, that That's just how I feel. Member Vandekloot. Uh, I agree. I think we need to keep in mind what the intent was. I think that the intent is to outline outline to the city council. A lot of the other, you know, saying there's all of this other uh, important um, positions and uh, uh, resources that are that uh, we believe our students need, um, and we're just sort of reminding this as um, them as they look at our budget to realize how short um, our budget is as we look at it. Um, so I think I think we can't get caught up necessarily in um, uh, in minutia, uh, although nothing is unimportant, but. Um, I think we do need to keep uh, thinking about what the intent. I think we should uh, keep um, that we should send our revisions to the superintendent um, for, for Monday. Uh, I think that's the, the most efficient way of doing it. Member McLaughlin. Uh, thank you. I also just wanted to know, um, you know, just the, the depth of the work that's in here and the appreciation to our colleagues for um, having put this work in. And I really want to give it the respect that it deserves um, in review. Um, which I think is also quite important. And, and I do think that this is unprecedented. This is the first time, hopefully it's not the first time 
uh, it's not the only time that um, this narrative will go to city council when we're asking for uh, uh, budget, uh, when we're sharing budget information, because I think that the communication can always be improved and it needs to be improved between school committee and city council and other municipal departments. Um, so I think that this is a great uh, step. I think it's very, very important to do this. And to, um, I think it was member Rousseau's point earlier, I'm not sure, but uh, the individual who was speaking to um, the surrounding comparable communities, uh, Malden, Woburn, others that uh, fund their school districts at 40, 40% and we fund our school district at uh, 32%. Um, and so we, I was just sort of doing the math and that would be, um, I think it was $74 million as opposed to the current $61.5 million that's being budgeted for our schools. Um, so, and as you look at this and sort of break those numbers down, I think that that's really important to think that we have been operating, this school district has been operating not at a deficit of 3.5 million, not at a, a deficit of 2, 2 million as we've been you know, doing every year with, our, um, with these uh, accounts. Uh, income accounts, but frankly, at a deficit of 61 minus 74, what, 71, 13 million and some change um, compared to our communities, our surrounding communities with very similar um, uh, demographics and very similar school districts. So to that end, our teachers, our superintendent, our administrators are, you know, so many people in this district have been working um, uh, for less than for a long, long time. And our students have been working, uh, getting less than, frankly, for a long, long time. And, you know, I feel like education has been underfunded um, in Medford for too long. And, um, and you know, since change is in the air with everyone, uh, now is the time to really be looking at and, and showing what our values are in these budgets. So uh, respectfully to the folks who created the document, I would ask um, for time to digest this over the weekend and for us to really evaluate um, our values and, and uh, how we want to represent to the community uh, regarding this item. So thank you. Thank you. Um, there's no motion on the table. I think we're in agreement. We're gonna send edits to the superintendent and review on Monday. And the next item on the agenda is negotiations and legal matter. Mayor? Yes. Jenny, Sorry. Um, so I guess the other option would be for us to take a recess tonight and and independently read this and and review it and I'm going to share my screen oh I can't share my screen but um, in the document I as you as we were all were talking there were some small tweaks and changes that I made to sort of address member McLaughlin's comment about things that had been added after the pre-budget meetings and um, a change to the language and it's all tracked and totally viewable in the document. So, you know, the other thing that we could do if we stayed meeting is we could bring this up so that it can be viewed by the public as those suggestions get made. And then we can come back and agree on the changes that have been proposed. We can also do that on Monday. Um, but frankly, I really hesitate to put something else on Dr. Edward Benson's plate um, before Monday. So I'm just offering that as a suggestion. I mean, it is a Google Doc. It's entirely built to collaborate and know who said what. And um, we can do that, too. And it's just it's just another option. Mayor. Yeah, member Vanderclute. Um, the only problem with that option is I had a very busy day prior to the meeting and this just arrived. Apparently I didn't even know that it was, uh, that I'd rec received, uh, it, uh, 
because I was uh, working, if you would, earlier today. So I think that there's something, you know, about processing it. Um, and so I'm a little concerned, um, Jenny, that I would just now spend time with it again without having it uh, a chance to, to read it and to think. Um, I don't think that we should start our budget meeting on Monday with this. I don't want to spend two or three hours on this and not get to the budget. I want to do the budget first and then uh, get to this. Um, I think we should keep our minds as fresh and clear as possible when we meet on the budget on Monday. That's my thought. Mayor? Member Rousseau. Um, I don't know the technicalities about when we say we vote on the budget. Um, you know, what those, I, I don't know the, the details of the word budget, but if this document isn't in the budget, I'm not voting on the budget. Um, I'm not gonna have another city councilor tell me that we've never been told we need, they need, we need it more. Um, that's not going to happen. I'm not voting on a budget that doesn't make it the first five, six, seven, however many pages. Says we need more. I can't say that again. Um, what, Mayor, um, um, based on the feedback that has come in and that um, this document was shared with the school committee members today, midday, um, I think it would be um, in a spirit of fairness and equity to all members that weren't able to be um, uh, formal co-authors that um, everyone should have the opportunity to digest this document. Um, I have said that I will receive the revisions and edits and add um, all of them into the document and I will be on the lookout over the weekend. My, my hope would be that um, I would get everything over the weekend and be able to get this document um, into your hands either by late Sunday evening um, or early Monday morning so that um, if there was something that needed to be revised prior to um, the budget meeting, which starts at four o'clock, um, I would be able to commit to continuing to work on um, that piece. And that way, everyone truly has an opportunity to um, look at everything that was listed, um, reflect, um, give additions or suggest um, deletions so that we can get to um, a closer space. Due to the lack of time, we were not able to um, schedule um, an additional subcommittee meeting um, prior to today's meeting, but I do feel that um, the essence, the message is there, member Vanderkloot, um, if I'm echoing your words. So I, I, I don't feel that um, this is a daunting task. Um, those of you who have written dissertations, um, that's what I would classify as daunting. Um, but to receive the feedback um, from seven people uh, to add those, uh, add your feedback to the existing document. It's something that um, is definitely uh, uh, doable by Monday's meeting. So I just want to state that again for the record. Thank you. Member Graham? Um, I'm, I'm fine with moving it to Monday, but I will not vote on a budget until we've agreed on this document. So it should come first. I'm, I will not vote on a budget until this happens. Member Kratz? 
Oh, yes. And and I agree. I think, you know, sending in the updates this weekend and then we discuss the draft first and then move on to the budget. But I think this will give us enough time from now until Monday and it'll give enough time for everybody to read it, uh, make their suggestions or edits. And um, then we discuss it first, vote on it and then go right into the budget. I, I think that's a good idea. OK, thanks. Member McLaughlin and Member Vandekloot. I make a motion that we table this document until Monday and have the opportunity to review it and give feedback individually, not collectively, not copying each other, um, not deliberating over the weekend. I, I don't know if we need to, maybe you can withdraw your motion table. I think it's not specifically on the agenda. So maybe just that we, a motion that we review it over the weekend, give our edits by Sunday evening to Dr. Edward Vincent and review and have it on the agenda for Monday prior to the budget hearing. Yes. Okay. That sounds good. Motion again. Motion by member McLaughlin, seconded by member Graham before the, that roll is called member Vandekloot. Yes. I, I just want to make it uh, clear to my colleagues that I was not saying that we would vote on the budget before uh, we looked at it. I was just suggesting that uh, we, um, that we look at the budget first, that we work on the document, and then we go back and budget. So I don't want anybody to think that I was saying we were just going to, um, you know, vote the budget and then dis discuss that. That wasn't my intent at all. If my colleagues are, you know, whichever, I mean, I'm going to be at the meeting no matter what. So. Okay. Motion for um, approval by member McLaughlin, seconded by member Graham. Roll call. Point of clarification, Mayor, excuse me. I just also want to make it clear, um, you know, uh, members Russo and Graham are saying um, that, you know, there's no vote on the budget until this document is from their perspective until this document is, uh, is uh, reviewed and approved or not approved or wordsmith by our community. And I would concur. I think that none of us want to, um, have a document uh, going out to the city council um, of this importance regarding the budget without um, collaboration and agreement. So I think that we're all on the same page in that um, vein. So I just wanted to add that as well. Thank you. Thank you. Roll call. On the motion. Please. Jenny Graham. Yes. Kathy Kretz. Yes. Melanie McLaughlin. Yes. Mia Mastone. Yeah. Paul Rousseau. Yes. Paulette Vanderkloot, yes. Mayor Lungo Kern. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. That paper passes. Negotiations and legal matters, executive session. Make a motion to go into executive session. Okay. Member McLaughlin, seconded by Member Rousseau. Roll call. On that, on that motion. Um, Graham? Yes. Kretz? Yes. McLaughlin? Yes. Mastone? Yes. Yeah. Vanderkloot, yes. Uh, Mayor? Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. Once again, we want to thank everybody for your patience. Um, I know we still have 73 people on the call. Oh, one second. We have, I'm sorry, we have nothing specifically to report out, but but we did want to, we need to come back and adjourn. So is there a motion to adjourn?
Member Van de Kloot has her hand raised. I, Member Van de Kloot. Yes, no. I, if you could unmute your thing. I, I did. So I was just making the motion and Jenny had her hand raised. Second. Okay, motion to adjourn um, by Member Van de Kloot, seconded by Member Graham. Roll call. Uh, Jenny Graham? Yes. Kathy yeah. Kretz? Yes. Uh, Melanie McLaughlin? Yes. Mia Misson? Yes. Yes. Paulette Vanderkloot? Yes. Mayor Luongo Kern? Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. Yes. Yes. Adjourned. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Hope to see you then. Bye bye.